This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. It is the interview show, and I am with Rachel Sobel at Wine and Cheez-Its. One of the most lovely and original parenting influencers in the game. Uh, we talk about how she's kind of an OG, and I uh, appreciate the hell out of that. So, trust me, this conversation is not one you're going to want to miss. It is a lot of fun. Rachel and, I, Rachel and I talk like we are long-lost friends. It's amazing. Before I get into that, I want to, of course, ask you, to wherever you're watching or listening to this, there's probably a subscribe button, maybe a follow button. Give it one of those. There's a five-star thumbs-up option. I always appreciate those. And finally, comments are welcomed. Good, bad, indifferent. Because it helps with the engagement. So do that for me as well. Just put a smiley face. I don't care. Anything. I'm begging you to do something. I shouldn't be begging at this point. You've done more than you should. You've taken time out of your day and your life to listen to me ramble. Hopefully you get some enjoyment out of it. I know what you will get some enjoyment out of. This conversation between me and Rachel. Here it is. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. All right, everyone. Today, as promised, I have Rachel Sobel. Not Sobel. At Wine and Cheez-Its, uh, you know her, you love her. If you've seen her appearance before on the show, uh, you know why that's funny, because I continuously fucked up her name last time. Thank you for agreeing to come back. I, I was going to say, yet I'm here, right? So I know. I couldn't have bothered that much. Short memory, plus you're pretty popular. You got a lot You got a lot going on, including including uh, this, this Friends Without Benefits, hosted yes. by Uptown Dale and Rachel... Sobel. Episode yeah. one, can men and women be friends? Uh, all right, let's talk. Let's start there. How did this come about? Um, this has been in the making for a while. Dale and I have been friends for decades, 30 years, um, and we've always had a really good banter, but we've always been super platonic, never crossed that line. And we've talked about collaborating and doing something content-wise for many years. We actually had a failed TV pilot once in our life that never made it anywhere. <laughs> um, but we felt like this was our time since podcasts are so big and they're also a lot easier to record than a television show or something like that because you can kind of bucket them together and record a bunch of episodes at once and stuff like that, which is much more conducive to both of our schedules because he's like a big deal. He is on the floor at every Heat game. He's the in-arena host for the Miami Heat. So he's like a local celebrity. So we needed something that we could fit into both of our calendars and something that we had really good chemistry about. And this is it because we just for you know 30 years of friendship have an incredible banter that I feel like um, is conducive to that kind of show. So we just went it for definitely- it. It definitely is. I, I listened to the uh, the first episode today, um, and uh, the first episode is, you know, really 
a simple topic, but one that's often explored, which is can men and women be platonic friends? Um, and the mm -hmm. banter between the two of you comes through. It's natural. Um, it's almost insulting at times, but it's very, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but it comes from a place of love. It's that kind of insult that you can only do with someone you actually love and care about. Um, totally, totally. And I, I do kind of love the fact that in the almost immediately he's like, "Well, nothing ever happened because I don't find you attractive." Uh, and then, <laughs> and like, you were what 14, the hell, dude? And, and he met you when you were fourteen. That's uh, he throws <laughs> right. that out there. He's like, "You were fourteen when you met him." How? Uh, what is the age difference between the two of you? We are five years apart. Uh, five. Okay, or six so years it apart, yeah. would it would yeah. have been creepy for a twenty-year-old? It, it would listen. <laughs> let, <laughs> yes, the legalities and technicalities of it, it would have been creepy. But, you know, as a woman in your 40s, you don't want to hear that someone didn't find you attractive. But I think we also, he, he did say very openly, he also dated all my friends. So I think that once you start dipping your toe in the pond of dating friends of someone, you kind of look like a jerk if you then like go back to that original person. Who knows? But we, I am very thankful for our friendship because I do think it's rare for men and women to have platonic friendships where no lines have been crossed. And he is one of those friends of mine who literally that line has never even been tampered with. So there's this comfort and familiarity there. And I think that's why we are able to discuss a lot of these topics so openly, even though we have different perspectives sometimes. I feel like we're both very respectful of each other's opinions and just each other in general, even though we give digs to one another. There is a very, very large mutual respect and love for one another that we've built over 30 years. So I think it just works. It, it, it does. And I think it's going to be a real success as you get down the keep going down the line uh stick with it that's all i'm gonna say i meant episode 90 what the hell episode is it 95 94 something yeah, like you're that. killing it you are you no, are churning out you I'm, are you're no 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 we're not doing that i'm consistent i'm not i'm not killing it <laughs> consistent. listen in Slow my mind as and I'm sure you understand this as a father, right? In my mind, when you're a parent and you're doing anything consistently, you're kind of killing it. That's so sweet. Oh, Rachel. It's true. Oh. <laughs> I look, anything. I think I, what I what I dig about you is um, that parenthood is a part of your personality. It not is not your personality, and that's I think no. I, I think parents need that. They need something that. I mean, if, if you want parenting to be your personality, that's fine. But you can get lost in your children. They're all encompassing. Oh, yeah. You gotta they have something the for life you. Out of you. Yeah, they, motherhood and fatherhood too. I mean, it sucks the life out of you. It really does. And, you know, I think people are scared to say things like that because then it makes you seem like you're not grateful. I am so grateful for my kids. They are everything. Everything I do is with them in mind. But you do need an identity outside of that. And I think it's harder to do that in the early years when they're newborns and toddlers because that need that they have for you is so incessant and constant. When they start to become a little more self-sufficient is when I think most parents start to kind of explore other sides of themselves, what they want to do professionally. Maybe they want to take up new hobbies. Like you have a little bit more time respectively. So I think that all of us get lost in that beginning swirling moments of parenthood, but you have to kind of climb out and find yourself um, and what you're about. Because then what happens when the kids leave and they go to college and you're empty nesters? What are you going to do with yourself? Sit there and just stare at pictures and videos? Like you, you have to have something that's your own. Start a podcast about how you watch home videos all day long. <laughs> that's what you'll do. And you'll say. Right. And right. No, one, no one will be able to relate to it, but it'll be your thing. It'll be your podcast. Right. There are too many podcasts. Outside of ours, everyone else should stop. 
You know what? I did not start consuming podcasts consistently until probably like during the pandemic. I would listen to things here and there. And I think that when I was stuck at home like everyone else, and then I would go and walk my dog or do whatever I needed. I need noise. I'm not one mm-hmm. of those people who thrives in silence. I need constant like action. So I found myself just binging so many different podcasts. Um, during that time and like, you know, weeding through the ones that were garbage and the ones that were, you know, finding the ones that were awesome. And now I have my curated little list of what I listen to. And so um, I, I, there are a lot of them and it's sometimes hard to, you know, get through some because then you listen to a couple and you're like, oh, this isn't really for me. And you kind of give up, but there are some really solid podcasts out there. Yeah. I think, I think the, the whole COVID thing, there was obviously an explosion because everyone was stuck at home to your point. For me, I like mm-hmm. the background noise. So I like having, it feels like I'm in a, a room full of people without actually having to interact with these people, which is right mm-hmm. in my sweet spot. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I oh, totally I get that. I feel totally like I'm it. with people, but I don't have to actually interact with them. Um, your brand has taken off on Wednesdays and <laughs> it's because of your confessions that you run through your Instagram stories. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, it's literally people will send anonymous confessions to Rachel. And she shares them and Mm -hmm. they are, and I'm going to guess you receive hundreds, if not close to thousands every week. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's overwhelming. And you share them and some of them are incredibly sweet. Some of them are heartfelt. Some of them are raunchy. Some of them are like it, it, the full spectrum. And everyone else just sits there and kind of is like, ooh, look at that person's problem. Look at that person's problem. Look at that person's problem. There's, it, It's wild what this thing has become. So how did this start? <laughs> and when did you realize you were onto something? You know, I never, when I started my Instagram account, obviously it was like everyone else where I started and I just posted my own content and memes and articles and things that I wrote to try and build my audience and build my brand and really build a community. But I felt like, you can't really build a community unless there's interaction, right? And there's only so much interaction you get when you're commenting on posts or responding to comments or messages. And so I kept kind of looking for things that I could do that would allow people to participate. So I would put polls up all the time, um, little just like inconsequential things about favorite TV shows, or does your husband make you ragey when he leaves the toilet paper thing unchanged? (laughs) Like all these little moments, touch points for people to kind of throw their hat in the ring. And then one day I just, I, I don't even remember, it's been a couple of years now, but one day I just put a prompt up there that said, like, drop your confession here. And I couldn't even, it blew away anything that I ever posted. And it just made me feel like, wow, there are a lot of people out there who are just craving and searching for a safe space where they can get something off your chest. And sometimes it's something as inconsequential as I used my husband's toothbrush to clean the kitty litter, which isn't really inconsequential. It's gross. Good but Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's things like that. And there's a lot of cheating, a lot of cheating. Um, I noticed last week too, there is not only a lot of cheating, but a lot of cheating within families, like a lot of brothers and sisters-in-laws fraternizing. And I was like, oh my God, there's like a whole new world out there. Um, but for me, you know, the, the hat I always try and wear is that, listen, there are things that people are going to send me that in my gut, I'm not okay with, and I don't condone, and I'm not on the same page as like glorifying. But that being said, I promised to do this, to set forth a safe safe space where people could really share things that were weighing on them. And so I put that hat on every time I'm reading these of saying, okay, this isn't something that I would do or can even get behind, but I promised with one mission to do this, and I'm going to just 
let it fly. And part of that is that I get really nasty DMs from people like, I can't believe you would share this. I can't believe you put this out there. And I feel like I'm constantly saying to people, listen, these are not my opinions. This is not who I am. But if I'm going to make a safe space, doesn't it kind of have to be unfiltered? Like, what's the point of a safe space if I'm going to go through and cherry pick the ones that I think are are worthy of being confessions. That's not what this is about. It is about like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so I realized that I take on a little bit of like different level of accountability when I share stuff like that and it triggers people and people get ragey. But I also think that amazing things happen when we all become uncomfortable. Maybe it makes you look at your own life and things that teeter on the, you know, the side of being inappropriate or something you would confess. Or maybe it makes you feel grateful for your marriage that doesn't have a lot of these issues in it. Whatever it is that you take away from it, I feel like this little community has been formed around these confessions, which is crazy. Um, I mean, I even have merch now. I have confession yep. merch that people are buying. So it really has kind of taken on a life of its own. And I also get really proud when I get, I got one this week and a bunch of people chimed in saying, um, I get really mad when I see other people post asking for confessions or similar secrets on their pages, which let's be real. I don't own, it's not my patented thing that I own confessions. I just kind of started doing it and I'm aware that other people do it. I, there's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. Um, I don't own it, but it's really sweet and endearing how people who are loyal to me that like works them up a little bit. It makes me feel like I'm doing something right. I know of at least one person who's just ripped the strategy right off. Uh, and I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna mention that, uh, but <laughs> I won't say their name, but I know what's going on. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you haven't posted? Because you're like, this crosses a line. Or have you come across something where you're like, do I need to get to the authorities involved? Like, So if there's something, yeah, if there's something that comes up that's questionable, that like has any tones of violence or things, I don't share them because I don't want to be linked to anything that could be potentially dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, there were a couple times in the past where I've had lawyers DM me and be like, FYI, you might want to take this one down. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll take it down. It'll be something about um, domestic abuse or something like that. That is a very heavy topic, but nothing that I would ever think would cause an issue. But I guess when it comes to couples going to court and this and that, so I try and be conscious of things that I feel like could ever lead to any kind of legal action. Um, the other thing is, is that it's not even that I don't post things. There are some that never get posted because there's not enough room. It, it limits how many things you're about to post. And I don't know what that limit is, but I notice that once I get to a certain point, they start to disappear. So mm -hmm. I try and go through them. And if there's, you know, 700 things on cheating, I'm not posting all of them. I'm going to pick a few because everyone who's talking about cheating will relate to those. But yesterday, as a matter of fact, I got a text from a man, I mean, a DM from a man who posted one and said, you didn't share mine and mine was not nearly as bad as anyone else's. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not even what this is about. There is not enough space on the internet for the amount of confessions I get. So sometimes they're just not going to go up. And if they're too repetitive, I don't put them up either because I feel like I have to leave a little bit of space for everyone. So mm -hmm. there are hundreds that never get seen and it's not for lack of wanting to share them. I physically cannot. Do you have an assistant? No, I really need one. I really uh, need like, one. I need an... hundreds of DMs and I'm like between the like, look, that's how I got. I, I got to know you was sliding into your DMs and saying, hey, will you come on yep. the show? So between the... Yep legitimate inquiries regarding business the confessions which must be overwhelming and then just <laughs> i'm assuming the dick pics that come non-stop uh it's it's got to be annoying <laughs> 
It, it is, you know, and it's hard because I think part of what always differentiated me from a lot of people who are doing the same thing, um, not that others don't do this, but I really always make a conscious effort to engage with people who take the DM me because I feel like if you're taking the time to message me legitimately, not with like bullshit, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. I'm sorry if I'm not. Um, uh, I just said dick people, pic. You can say whatever you want on this fucking you did, show. You did. Um, so, you know, I really try and take the time to foster the back and forth because I do think that's what makes... That's what separates like the ridiculous Instagram pages from the ones where there's a true community built around them. And I really do feel that in my soul and I really do try and do that. But on Wednesdays, everyone in my family knows not to talk to me. Like I am, I just, I can't do anything. <laughs> I can't everything, articles and deadlines and things that I have, everything kind of gets pushed off because Wednesdays is my day. I have to keep checking. I have to keep posting. I have to keep going through DMs. If I don't check my DMs on Wednesdays, I'm not joking you that if I don't read through some of them, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of DMs and I can't get to them. So basically the people who end up in my, like uh, that other folder that doesn't make it to like those all, ne those never get seen because I can't even get to those. That doesn't even count like the other hidden folder, whatever the hidden requests. If I see someone text me and it just says like, hey, cutie, and I just see that, that gets deleted immediately. I, I don't even like have time for that. I don't. I, I'm very happily married and I'm exhausted. I don't have time to flirt with you. Um, but the, the DMs on Wednesdays of people who are so either triggered or touched by some of the things, I want those people to feel seen. So I try so hard to engage with them, but there are so many. There are so many. And listen, let's be honest, if I had an that. assistant. Yeah, if I had an assistant, I wouldn't want an assistant to go in and answer those things because th this this account is me. That's why everyone's always like, oh, do you have someone posting for you? And the short answer is no, even though I could probably really use it because I feel like my voice would then get lost and it wouldn't be what I set out to do. And so it's, it is a lot. It is, Instagram is a full-time fucking job. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wouldn't be Rachel Sobel. Sobel? Sobel. <laughs> Sobel. <laughs> I did that one on purpose. I, I wanted to break it a little bit. I wanted to, you were you were feeling it there. I wanted to break the tension a little bit. I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to ease it up a little bit. I think I, I think I hit I think I struck a nerve with the workload. Uh, <laughs> you did. You did. You did. And and I'm gonna just pivot to something completely random now. Because you're and I'm, here's how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say you're one of the OG uh parenting influencers. You are, you are absolutely are for all the reasons you just stated the, the, um, the relatability, the personal connection, the fact that it's yours. Um, it's not a team of people. Um, and that OG mentality comes out through hip hop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was a really good transition, right? I'm getting better yes. at this. Okay. Yes. So, yes. uh, I would say every week. There's a handful of your posts that make mm -hmm. some sort of reference to 90s hip hop. Mm -hmm. How did you fall in love with hip hop? How did Rachel Sobel? Um, Not one so of the whitest in, names I've ever heard, by the way. How did no, that person fall in love no, with hip hop? I know. It's 
it's crazy. Um, you know, early, I, I have danced my whole life from the time okay. that I was two on. I've always danced competitively. I was a cheerleader. I always had like some kind of dance in my life. And I think that I always leaned very heavily towards music that made me feel that. And hip hop has that beat. Hip hop makes you want to move. It makes you want to dance. And then when I was in high school and college and there was a whole movement with Biggie and Tupac and East Coast and West Coast and all that stuff, I just ate it up. I did. And I just like to dance. I like to move. I like to when music like that comes on, I can't help but either bop my head or tap my foot or whatever it is. And so I feel it in my soul. And there is no better music than 90s music, not even just hip hop, the whole era of 90s grunge, hip hop, all of it can never be replicated. And I will live in the, that decade until the day that I die. And finally, I have a 13 year old who just recently discovered Eminem and is like, isn't he so good? And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, you know, now, now you're coming to the party. So it's really cool to actually enjoy some of those moments with her. But my to husband fair, and I both. Do you want her listening to Eminem before she's 13? No, but I don't really have a choice. And if I'm being really honest, Eminem compared to some of the garbage music that's out now that she's exposed to, I will take Eminem all day, even though there's a lot of inappropriate stuff. I feel like, you know, the fabric of that 90s hip hop to all of us who experienced it when it happened, not in replay and not as, as retro people who lived it, who were in it it's always going to hold a special place for us. And that's why I think you see so many memes and stories and all this stuff about 90s stuff in general. Everything 90s, the way that women overpluck their eyebrows, the ridiculous clothing we wore with Calvin Klein waistbands showing out under rolled jeans. I mean, this whole movement, fashion-wise, music-wise, I think those of us who, who lived it are holding on to it so tight because it carries such a type of nostalgia that has not been recreated ever. Wow, that's, that's definitive. My yeah. You're passionate I mean, listen, about this I have, topic, eh? <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a tattoo. I don't know if you can see this. I This is one of four tattoos I have. This is a picture yep. of my mom and I. Aww. And it's an actual picture of us, my favorite picture of us. And on our shirts, there's Biggie and there's Tupac because that's what we were wearing that day. And so it's a little homage to them. Um, but even my newborn pictures, when my second was born, we're all wearing Biggie lyrics on our shirts. There's just so much fun to be had with it. And it's, I don't know, I guess it brings me back to a time where maybe psychologically you're so carefree, high school, college, all that, that whole era. It's just that kind of music that makes you feel something. Now, I, look, I'm, I won't disagree because I'm, I was a... 90s hip-hop guy as well uh I, I my introduction to hip-hop was warren g that was my my cousin got me to listen to the regulators album and then uh and then i was the cool kid for like a minute because i was like i knew i knew rap lyrics uh and that yep. was made me the cool kid for a minute and a half uh and, and from there i somehow i ended up in the the mace puff daddy era and and it went from there I, I saw got... Mace live in college. In college, Mace performed, um, and he wasn't huge yet. He just had, I think, the couple songs out. But all of that music, it's so fun. We actually just got tickets. We're going to see Wu-Tang and Nas. So, you know. Holy crap, it, it's, that's it, awesome. I know. I'm really excited about it. So <laughs> I think it's, I really feel like that genre of music, even though kids now are starting to discover it in terms of the throwbacks and the music they listen to or the parents like me who are into it, I feel like that kind of music will never die because those of us who are really into it will continue to perpetuate it. I mean, my playlist on my, on iTunes, whether I'm in the car, in my house, 
it goes between Journey, Wu-Tang, Biggie, Lori Berkner for my kids. Like, it's just like a mishmash of, of nonsense on my iTunes, but with a very strong 90s hip hop influence. What I will say is I think there's a reason and I think I think we're touching on it here is the reason why it's starting to get that vibe of like, oh, it's it's now making a bit of a comeback is because our kids are now old enough that if we have lyrics on in the background that are swear words or profanity or the stuff they got away with in the 90s, you couldn't do now. Um, right. You can kind of look and say to your 13 year old, obviously, don't repeat anything you're about to hear. <laughs> <laughs> with a right. with a five year old, yeah. you know, five year old in the car, you're probably not as inclined to listen. I mean, my five year old is listening to Biggie in the car, but she kind of makes up her own words that we will never correct because they're the most adorable um, inaccuracies ever. You know, when kids pronounce things the wrong way. So, like, "Hypnotize" is one of her favorite songs, and she oh. sings it, but she sings the words wrong, and so it's okay. That's adorable. Yeah, you I think so. That. I know. I know. That would go viral. It probably would. I'm petrified of my kids' faces going viral, though. I don't like to share them a lot on social media. There's too many creepy people out there. Yes, there are. Um, how does the preteen, how does your 13-year-old feel about uh, mom being out there, mom being uh, in the media, mom uh, kind of being social? How does mom? How does the, the really... preteen feel about that? She's amazing. She goes between, she has those really proud moments where when, you know, she sees an article of mine or I tell her about a really big accomplishment, she genuinely is like, mom, I'm so proud of you. This is amazing. And then if I come at her with something like, you know, you need to do this, this, and this, she'll look at me and be like, why don't you go blog about it? So she <laughs> posed the line between trolling me. And I do have on my Instagram, she has her very own um, highlight button because she's now gotten into the habit of sealing my phone and basically mimicking me, making fun of me, completely mocking me with little 15 second videos. And those have become almost as popular as confessions <laughs> because people love to see, you know, the pure unadulterated, everyone gets trolled by their kids. You, you don't have to admit it, but everybody gets trolled by their kids. And she has such a strong sense of self and has the sarcasm and the wit is it's genetic. It's in her. And so she gives it right back to me, but she's super proud. And I think it's really cool as a mom of two little girls, especially for them to see me kind of creating something right in front of them with my own hands, not even really knowing what I'm doing. I'm just kind of winging it and doing what feels good and what feels right. And it makes me really happy because as they get older and they start to decide, you know, what they want to do with their lives, I hope that I'm showing them that they don't have to fit into a box of you have to do this and you have to get this degree and you have to be a doctor and you have to be a lawyer. Like those are great and they're wonderful. And if my kids become those things, that's wonderful because they'll take care of me the rest of my life and put me in a really nice nursing home. But they will also see that there are other options as they start to grow and carve out their own careers that if there's something they're passionate about, that there's a way to monetize it. Have you talked to the 13? Like, I'm assuming your 13-year-old's on social media to an extent. Nope. No. Not allowed. She has, she has Snapchat and that's it. Okay. And I, I going to say, it. how has that conversation gone? doesn't sound like it's gone on yet but I, i'm assuming you're kind of oh, ready to on. have okay yeah, so what did you what did you it's say not... to the 13 year old about about social media knowing that mom is a social media darling how does that <laughs> uh, how does that conversation 
I love breaking you. Uh, but <laughs> so how does that come? How does I'm getting that come a shirt across? made that says social media darling. That's going to be yeah. the next <laughs> shirt that I wear. Um, she, you know, we have very honest conversations about it. And I'm very honest with her where I say, listen, there's a lot of garbage out there. And it's not that I don't trust you, but there's a, you're a child, you're still a child and it's my job to protect you. And I don't feel like I'm doing a good job protecting you if I'm allowing you access to all these platforms, but not more important than that giving people access to you. Um, that part, just because I know what I know and I've seen what I've seen, terrifies me. And so she was the only one in her class until about six months ago, uh, eight months ago, who did not have Snapchat. And it got to the point where her cheerleading coach and teachers were starting to post assignments and collaboration and things on Snapchat. And she was the only one who didn't have it. And so we had a really tough conversation. We were like, all right, we're going to give in because we feel like you're going to be alienated if you don't have it, but this is it. She's asked for TikTok. She asked for Instagram. Right now, we're not giving her anything. It's inevitable that she's going to get access to social media. You can't, I think it's naive to think that you can deny a child into that world because I see what some of her friends do. They just have fake accounts that her, their parents don't know about. And I don't want it to get to that point where she feels so desperate to have the access that she creates accounts I don't know about. So we constantly have conversations about it. I have watched stuff sometimes she's posted and been like, nope, delete that immediately and explain to her why. I think kids at 13 years old are still so emotionally immature. They don't understand the gravity of the things they're posting. And it could be something simple. Maybe they're dancing to a song that they like, but the song has really inappropriate lyrics that the juxtaposition of a 13 year old and those lyrics on camera, on a video that is out there in the public does not bode well for them. Those are like socially conscious things that we have to teach our children. And I'm, it's probably an unpopular opinion because everyone around me is just giving their kids whatever they want social media wise. And I think I'm one of the last standing. And not everyone is going to have an uptown Dale in their life <laughs> who isn't going to do something inappropriate. Full circle. I just brought the whole thing well right. Wow. <laughs> I'm done. I can't top that. <laughs> this is why you, you're 90 something episodes in because you know what the hell you're doing. See? Uh, figuring it out. This might have been my best one ever. And it's because of you. It's all because of you. <laughs> Rachel Sobel. Um, it's all because of you. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to end it there. Uh, at Wine and Cheese It's, you know her, you love her. Rachel Sobel. Sobel? Thank you Sobel. so much. Sobel. Sobel. Yep. Sobel. Okay. Confessions Wednesday. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. Yeah. Just in the mirror at night. My wife's like, why are you keep yeah. saying that woman's name? Yeah. Sobel. Sobel. So yeah. Keep saying bold. it. Yeah. And it's got like a good, like you can emphasize it differently. Sobel. Right. Sobel. Right. There's a lot of options. There's a lot so of, a lot of uh, flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. My name's Joe. It's boring. Uh, but you're Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm hitting. That's it. It's the show. Want to know something funny? I already recorded this. And this isn't one of those ones where I'm like, oh, ha ha ha. I've made a few screw ups and this is take five. This is like I recorded it one take done, then realized my mic wasn't on. Like at all. No sound. It was like the mime episode. Well, I think Rachel at Wine and Cheese It's. She's Rachel Sobel. And she is lovely. 
Uh, one talk merch. Father's Day's coming. You know what dad would love? A shirt. Zero days without a dad joke. World's okayest dad. Maybe just a that nerd dad shirt. And uh, let's see here. My new favorite is... Picture's not there. Uh, my new favorite is... <laughs> Picture's not there. Awesome. It's a shirt that says, Raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob. It's awesome. Thinking about buying myself one. Probably will. Anyways. Uh, get Dad a World's Okayest Dad shirt. Because you know he's not the greatest. But he's okay. want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com. Home of Canada's number one podcast network. Got the Dean Blundell show. Blackballed with James D. Fiore. Sheeple Shepherd. This lovely show. Kids on the Escalator. And uh, Dropping In with Mercedes Nickel. So many I can't even name them all. But uh, it's a hell of a network. Lots of good talent. You'll find something you love there. Also, I'd write for them. Head over to DeanBlundell.com where you can find an article every day or so from moi. You can also find all my writing and some stuff I don't post on DeanBlundell.com over at ThatNerdDad.ca. ThatNerdDad.ca. Parenting, pop culture, politics. Just like the show, but in written form. That's it. Be well. Be safe. I hope this one recorded. Thanks for listening. Damn. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.